On this episode of JP Sports Talk, we are officially halfway through the 2019 NFL season and a lot has happened over the last two weeks. The Patriots lost, the 49ers, the league's lone unbeaten team, and there is a clear front runner for the MVP race. I'll get into all that after a quick debrief of the World Series. The reason this podcast did not come out last week was because I wanted to wait until after the World Series to get it out and... You know, that game seven was played on Tuesday night and everything kind of fell apart after Tuesday night. So I apologize, but I will hit the World Series quickly. The Washington Nationals, as I predicted, your 2019 World Series champions. It's also a massive night tonight for college sports as the basketball season tips off today and we get our first glimpse at the college football playoff picture. And as always, at the end of the show, I will give my best bets of the week. All right, let's do this. This huh? is the JP Sports Talk. We got Talk. London on the train. You know I ain't never had shit okay. Now I'm somewhere in the meeting, get my ass kicked no, I'm By a white man, cause his daughter fuck with my ad lib Uh-oh. I done dropped dick in a friend, I'm like my bad sis My bad nigga act like he too good even for a bad bitch uh-huh. I'ma buy a Lambo for this album, hit the fans, bitch the Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to episode number 5 of the JP Sports Talk Podcast Again, thank you guys for tuning in, and I'm sorry if you were looking forward to the episode last week. So many complications, but we will touch on everything that has happened since then in terms of relevance. We're definitely going to be heavy NFL and college football as we are recording here on November 5th, officially halfway through the NFL season, and the college football Uh, Playoff rankings will be unveiled for the first time what the committee thinks of the top teams in college football. But first, we have to touch on the World Series. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the Washington Nationals. They fulfilled what I thought they were, and that is they are a team of destiny. I mean, how could you expect this team to win the World Series and to do it in the way that they did, to do it? By winning four games in Houston against the heavily favored Astros. The Astros expected to win the the World Series probably all season long if you think about it. And the Nationals went into Houston, which is a tough place to play, and absolutely knocked them off their wagon. But you look at the way they won the World Series, and it's pretty much a microcosm of everything that happened this entire Regular and postseason, playing from behind. I mean, think about it. In the offseason, they lose their star player, Bryce Harper, kid who had so much hype around him, national forever, and once his contract expires, he goes over to the division rival Philadelphia Phillies. Then, first year under new manager Dave Martinez, you start the year 19-31, and which is pitiful. But then you make your way back. And then fast forward to September 3rd, at the top of the NL wildcard race, the New York Mets, another division rival, coming after you. They were surging up 10-4 to on you in the ninth inning, and you put up seven runs in the bottom of the ninth to win that game. Then you are in the NL wildcard game. You are trailing to the Milwaukee Brewers. Josh Hader, the best relief pitcher we saw in the 2018 postseason for the Brewers, who made an NLCS. 
you get hits off him, take the lead, beat the Brewers for an opportunity to play the Dodgers. Favorites out of the National League. They're up 2-1, to one, one win away. You beat them. Then you sweep the Cardinals, make the World Series. Cardinals had home field advantage. Then you get into a shaky Game 6 situation after dropping three in a row on the road. Excuse me, three in a row at home. You have to win on the road against Justin Verlander, who is one of the best, not World Series pitchers, but one of the best postseason pitchers we could remember back to his 2017 ALCS, how dominant he was for Houston. And you have everything working against you. The pitching, you get a brutal call. Brutal, brutal, brutal call. And you still are able to win that game. Then game seven, down 2-0 in the seventh. And you're able to put three runs on the board and then top it off in the eighth and ninth inning to win the game. I mean, you can't make it up. It was dramatic. It was one that you had to watch from the first pitch to the last. Every Nationals game. And they didn't let anyone down. Unbelievable what they did. And, you know, you just got to be smiling for them. You got to be happy for them. It's the franchise's first World Series. Everything that happened with the Astros' assistant general manager and how Alex Bregman was acting. Houston seemed like the bad guy in this series. Well, in the end, the good guys won. And credit to the Washington Nationals, your 2019 World Series champions. Unfortunately, though, that does it for the baseball season. We won't talk baseball season up until the hot stove starts heating up for free agency. Now it's time to move to the National Football League. And what a doozy weeks eight and nine were. We definitely have a clearer picture of how the playoff uh, picture really is going to work itself out. We know who's legit. We know who isn't. But the biggest news that came from week nine, the mighty, mighty New England Patriots finally fall. They lose on the road to the Baltimore Ravens in what was a fantastic performance by Lamar Jackson. Not a great performance from the Patriots, but in the end, you just got to sit back. What does this really mean? And to me, it just means that the Patriots aren't perfect. A lot of their limitations showed in this game. Tom Brady, as great as he is historically, the best quarterback of all time. And don't get me wrong. He's still the guy you want with the ball in January and February with a chance to win the game. But he is not the same player he was in his 30s. Not the same player he was in his 20s. He's in his young 40s right now. He just doesn't have the same zip on the ball. He doesn't throw the deep ball the same way. He used to. He's less accurate. He is less likely to make a play on the move. He's less likely to escape the pocket. And up against a team like the Ravens, who are not afraid of New England one bit, John Harbaugh not afraid of Bill Belichick one bit, it showed that the Patriots are not as perfect and untouchable as we may have thought they were. Now, don't get me wrong. They are still the favorites in the AFC, but it's just going to be far from easy winning in the postseason. Not like we thought the gap between one and two in the AFC definitely has closed. 
And you can make an argument for who's number two right now. You have the Ravens who just knocked them off their behind. You have the Houston Texans who are getting an MVP caliber season from Deshaun Watson. He's not the MVP. I'll get to my MVP in a little bit. But he is of that level. You have the Kansas City Chiefs who got a gutsy win without Patrick Mahomes at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Another team I'll get to in a little bit. But the Patriots are not going to have a cakewalk into Miami for the Super Bowl. There's not going to it's not going to happen. Tom Brady is not going to be the reason this team wins games. He's going to be part of them winning games. He has to be good enough. It's kind of like Peyton Manning with the Denver Broncos in his last season. That defense is so good that they will do 90% of the work. And he's just got to make some big throws in some big spots and you know what? Anyone who doubts that he will do that come January, they're out of their minds. The Patriots still a favorite in the AFC, but the gap between 1, 2, 3, and 4 has definitely lost some of its uh, stranglehold. It's just not what we thought it was through the first nine weeks of the season. We know who the Patriots are. They're a limited offensive team with an all-star defense. And you know what? It's going to be fun now. Yes, they're not undefeated. They're not going to have some perfect run to the Super Bowl. Now we get to see them actually fight for it. And you know what? It's going to be a great thing to watch. Now, that's what we got going on in the AFC. Let's transition now to the NFC. I used to think that there were three teams that stood above the pack in the NFC. And since our last podcast... One of those teams has not been up to par and they have been moved down to tier two NFC team, that being the Green Bay Packers. What an embarrassing loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, it was Lambeau 2.0 in LA. No one wants to go out and see the Chargers. It was a home game for the Packers, just not in Lambeau, a lot less snow, a lot more sun. But they got beat bad. This offensive line was bad. Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa absolutely ate up Aaron Rodgers. And he couldn't make the plays that he's accustomed to making. And you know what? Yeah, I'm sure they're going to correct it. But for the moment, it was brutal to see. Aaron Rodgers was getting killed. You can't win a game like that. You can't win a conference like that. The only reason that they're in a good situation right now is because the rest of that division is not great. I mean, there was a time that NFC North was by far, this season, by far the best division in football. I mean, look what happened. Packers lose to the Chargers and the Vikings lose to Matt Moore's Chiefs. The Bears, I don't even know what happened there. I can't even speak about my Ope of the Week. Mitch Trubisky and Mike Nagy, I mean, they have been awful. And they're making that defense quit on them. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But anyway, I'm getting a little bit off topic. Let's talk about the two teams way above the pack. The San Francisco 49ers, the last unbeaten team in the league. And the New Orleans Saints that now have Drew Brees back. And are ready to ride. Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0. and 
And you know what? Yes, Teddy Bridgewater is good. He will be a starting quarterback somewhere. However, if he could be 5-0, and that means that this team is full of some real competitors. I mean, no Alvin Kamara. They needed big plays from the defense. And they were able to get every ounce out of that defense as possible. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater had to be okay. And he was okay. Maybe a little bit above. Feed the ball to Michael Thomas. And he'll do all the work. He will get open and do whatever it takes to score a touchdown. And he is just so great. And that is why the Saints are in that echelon with the undefeated 49ers. But who else should I have to talk about? The Seahawks? It's a one-man ban over in Seattle. I will talk about my man Russell Wilson in a little bit. How they just squeaked past the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's not something that a good team does. A great quarterback was the reason they won that game. But the rest of that team should have never let Jameis Winston and Tampa be in that situation in Seattle. No way. The Vikings, oh my God. Kirk Cousins is terrible. How do you not put your team in a position to win that game? The Cowboys, if they played a competent team Monday night, Dak Prescott's interception on the first play of the game, that's six points. A fumble crossing midfield by Michael Gallup, that's six points. Against a good, competent team. But you know what? They played the Giants, so they were able to get away with it. It's the 49ers and the Saints. And then it's everybody else. I would love to see the Packers figure it out and get their stuff together. But as of right now, they don't have it. And nobody could touch either of these two teams. However, one of the teams I mentioned does have the MVP of the league. And it's not necessarily close. It's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the MVP of the National Football League. And he has a chance to win the MVP next week. I mean, they are playing the 49ers Monday night on the road. If he can win that game for Seattle, it is not even close. Roger Goodell, give him the trophy right then and there. Because the Seattle Seahawks are not a 7-2 football team. The Seattle Seahawks don't have an elite defense that they're accustomed to having year after year, especially this decade. They don't have dynamic playmakers at running back or wide receiver. They have Russell Wilson getting them the ball, and he can do anything. And look who else is riding in that pack with them. Deshaun Watson, I would say a distant second. You have Lamar Jackson. He's making a little bit of a case of his own. But he doesn't have the numbers, and I don't know how much he could really build off of to get himself to where Russell Wilson is. Christian McCaffrey, yeah, he's good. He's maybe the offensive player of the year, but he's not the most valuable if the Panthers don't make the playoffs. Russell Wilson leads the NFL in passing touchdowns, top three in passing yards, and three and excuse me, seven and two with this team. I mean, that's unbelievable. That is next level stuff. And he is one of the best quarterbacks I've had the pleasure of watching in my 21 years on this planet. And he definitely is 
so much different than anyone else. I mean, he could run, he can throw, he could throw on the run, he could throw in the pocket. He's unbelievable. And I can't wait to see what he brings to the table against what has been a great 49ers defense this season. Okay, professional football aside, let's talk about college because today is a huge college sports day on the counter. We have men's basketball starting up today, college football for the first time. We get a look to see what the committee thinks of the top 25 teams. And I'll give my predictions really quick of who I believe will be in the top six that gets unveiled first. My number one team, no doubt about it, it's the reigning number one team in the country, LSU. I think they have the Heisman front runner in Joe Burrows, and their resume is better than anyone else's. They have wins against Florida, a win against Auburn. They are a great team playing in the toughest conference with the with the quarterback that can win any game. I have LSU at number one. And right behind them, to set up what is going to be an epic battle, the game of the year in college football, Alabama. Alabama, as long as two is healthy, this Alabama team is a wrecking ball. The defense, not as great as always in terms of Nick Saban, Alabama standards, but they're still a great defense. They are murdering teams but they just don't have the resume to top a team like LSU. Who knows? That could change this weekend. I don't necessarily think it will happen, but we'll just wait and see. I'll get into that game in a little bit. Number three, not even close, Ohio State. They haven't even let a team touch them. Not even close. They have a couple of hard games coming up on their schedule. Their best win of the season against Wisconsin, who was demoralized by Illinois. Get Wisconsin out of my face should be out of the top 25, but that's another story for another day. I have Ohio State Justin Fields at number three. Clemson number four, they're just not going to lose. They look great because of the conference they play in. They're the reigning national champions. I guess a win against Texas A&M, eh, you know, whatever you want to view that as. That's their best win. We'll see. As long as they finish the year unscathed, they'll stay exactly where they are at number four. Number five, this might be the only one that has a little bit of disagreement, room for disagreement, that being Georgia. I know they have one loss, but a win at Florida last week was super impressive. Uh, They have a win against Notre Dame as well. That is far better than anything Penn State has done, and I have Penn State number six. You know, they have a win at Iowa. How good really is Iowa? They're a team that can't really score. They barely clinged on against Michigan, who seems to be surging right now. Michigan actually has been great ever since the second half of that Penn State game. If that game has another quarter in it, I think Michigan beats Penn State. But looking at Penn State's schedule, they have a huge contest coming up this week at undefeated Minnesota, that could be a win that pushes them over that into the top five. And then obviously they get Notre Dame, excuse me, Ohio State later on the schedule. So who knows? They can get there, 
but they definitely have more work to do than a team like Georgia, despite them having one loss. So I gave you the top six, LSU, Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Penn State, all of that to say this Saturday is going to be phenomenal. I mean, Penn State, Minnesota at noon and right after that, LSU at Alabama, please football gods, let Tua Tagovailoa be ready for this game so we could see a true battle of the Titans, winner gets the Heisman, Tua Tagovailoa versus Joe Burrows, and in my opinion, I love LSU in this spot. I think they're going to win. I feel great about them. Joe Burrow's the healthy quarterback, two and not 100%, literally getting surgery a week and a half ago. Game time decision, that definitely scares me. I think that's more of a Nick Saban tactic, so uh, Coach O doesn't really know how to game plan this one, but he'll be game planning for Tua, and I think that's the most important thing. I think Alabama has the slight edge defensively, but LSU's offense is overpowering. And I think they're going to be able to get it done in Tuscaloosa and stay atop of the college football world. Now, giving my top six, I still think Alabama gets in if they keep this game close. The loser of this game will be in if this game is close because to me, I think LSU, Alabama, Ohio State are so far ahead of the pack. I think they all have looked way better than Clemson. That if this is the only loss on whoever loses resume, that's fine. As long as it's not a 20-point blowout, you know, has to be within two scores. And and I think it's okay. They're going to both get in. But this will be a game for the ages. Maybe a preview of what's to come, come January, New Year's Day. It's going to be really, really great to see. I cannot wait. I love college sports. Huge college sports guy. And that segues me perfectly into my best bets of the week. And it starts with a Champions Classic parlay. College basketball season tips off tonight. First couple games, Kansas versus Duke. Then right after that, in Madison Square Garden, Michigan State, Kentucky. That's three versus four, one versus two in the way too early AP Top 25. And here is my college basketball champions classic parlay of the week. Kansas minus two against Duke. Michigan State minus three against Kentucky. In both of these games, experience will reign supreme for the first game of the season. Kansas returning Azabuki, De Silva, Devin Dotson, Michigan State, led by Cassius Winston, the best point guard in the country, who led Michigan State to the Final Four last year. He should be getting paid in the NBA right now, but he wanted to return to Michigan State, and he is on a mission. I think Tom Izzo is more prepared for Week 1 than John Calipari. Uh, Coach Cal is a guy who his teams improve as the season goes on. I think Tom Izzo, working with a more experienced roster, will be ready for this game. And I just believe that Duke only really returning Tyus Jones into their starting lineup. It's going to be much more of a transitional game for them. And I think Kansas is just ready. They got Azabuki, who is fiending to get back on the court 
and win for Kansas. Bill Self obviously getting in some trouble during the offseason for lack of institutional control, but I think they'll be ready for this game. So I got Kansas and Michigan State, minus two and minus three in college basketball. Going to the NBA tonight, yes, there's some professional games as well. I'm taking the Lakers minus seven at Chicago tonight. There's this whole rumor mill that Anthony Davis might want to consider the Bulls in free agency. He said he never said that. It's a whole fiasco, if you remember, back in 2010 when LeBron made his decision. He almost went to the Bulls with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. I think they're both going to be on a mission tonight, and they're going to come out firing against a young Bulls team. They're going to win this game by double digits, no doubt in my mind. Lakers minus seven. In college football for the weekend, it's the biggest spread on the board, and I love it. Ohio State minus 42 and a half against Maryland. I know it's a big number, but Maryland is so, so bad. I don't see any instance where they score one point in this game. And I think Ohio State, after seeing where they're ranked tonight, is going to feel compelled to run up the score, prove that they will fall into the top two. You know, it's, I mean, one of these top two teams is going to lose this week, no doubt about it, because they're playing each other. So Ohio State wants to position themselves perfectly to fall to number two in the ranking. I think they're going to run it up, win by 50. Ohio State minus 42 and a half. And then to the NFL, this one is embarrassing. I mean, I don't really understand this line at all. The Bills are plus three at Cleveland. The Cleveland Clowns, as I call them, shouldn't be favored against anybody. Anybody. Maybe outside the Jets and the Dolphins and the Bengals. Nobody else. They're horrendous. This whole season has been an absolute joke. They need need to make some serious changes, starting at head coach. And I just don't see them winning this game against the 6-2 Bills team, better coach, better quarterback, better defense. Give me the Bills plus three. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy this college sports weekend. It is going to be fantastic. Even college football tonight, some action. They have games up until Saturday. Every day of the week, it doesn't get any better than that. So enjoy Whatever sports you may be watching, be sure to bag, bitch. Pockets on 45k in a four five, so I sag, bitch. If a fat bitch know how to get some money, I fuck a fat bitch. Got a show coming up in London, ain't got London on the track, bitch. I give a fan a high five at the airport, she did a backflip. I just went platinum and I'm coming back like, huh?